0: Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the Body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. The power and the purpose of one single seed. Let me say this before I read our foundational scriptures. The world is in a mess, in every way, and it's also in a horrible mess when it comes to the economic climate and situation. South Africa is in a mess. I'm sure all of you have heard that we've been downgraded, something that we try to avoid or the powers that be to junk status. Now, there's a lot of fear, a lot of panic in South Africa today concerning our economic status. But for those who live in the kingdom, it's a different ballgame altogether. Now, if you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, plus you have insight into the ways of God, and the principles that God has instituted in His Word, then you do not have to worry. Because the kingdom of God is not subject to economic crisis. It's never been downgraded, but always upgraded. Amen? Amen. So it depends in which kingdom you live, and it depends whether you know certain things. Because the devil today uses your and my ignorance to continue keeping us in bondage. Especially when it comes to financial matters. There's a whole lot of people in the church today that are struggling. And it shouldn't be so. Folks, it should not be so. This is not the will of God for you to struggle financially. And to wait from month to month to get your paycheck so that you can survive. That is not the will of God, and I want to stress that. You will not give me a scripture, any scripture from the Old, either from the Old or the New Testaments, that teaches that. Are you with me? You need to understand that the will of God is for you to prosper in every sphere of your life. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, and socially. When Jesus died and shed his blood, he didn't just die to forgive you of your sins, but to redeem both your spirit, your soul, your body, and to set you on a path of restoration. The complete man. The whole of you. He wants you to live a life that is free from anxiety and fear concerning your finances. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. Look at the fowls of the air. Look at, look at the grass of the field. They neither sow, they neither spin. And yet God takes care of them. How much more will he take care of you? But that is dependent on certain promises and certain principles. One of them is if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things Jesus said, not some of them, all of them will be added to you, not taken away from you. The principle is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not your dreams, not your ambitions. Not your desires, amen, but the kingdom, the kingdom of God. If you put the kingdom first, and the king first, and apply his word in your life, Jesus himself guarantees that all of these things will be added to you. Amen? Now that's his words, not mine. But we're gonna to have to come to the place where we believe and we put them into practice. Amen? Today I wanna to teach you one of those principles that I have lived by for almost 42 years. I'm not gonna teach you something that I've read in the Bible or something that I heard from some other man of God teach. I'm going to communicate to you a principle by which I have lived for almost 42 years and I have seen the benefit, the results and the blessing that has flowed from this principle. And if you are willing to put this principle in your own life and put it into practice, In a consistent and systematic way, there will come a day when you will also reap the benefits and see the blessing that will flow from the principle that I'm about to teach you. God's word always works. Say that. God's word always works. But you have to put it to work. The Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. Amen? But you need to apply that Word for God to perform it in your life. If you don't apply it, you just hear it, or you just read it, and study it, and never apply it, it will not work for you. you got to give God something to work with. And what we give Him is faith. Faith means obedience to His Word. Practicing what He teaches. Amen? And so, if you're taking notes, write on top of your notes the power and purpose of the seed. As long as God gives us seed, we do not have to worry about harvest. Amen? As long as God gives you seed, you don't have to worry about harvest. Because there is enough power and anointing in that seed to reproduce after its kind and multiply and be sent back to you. Just like a farmer does. Amen? But you're going to have to put that seed to work with your faith. It won't work if you sow or give your offering, your tithe, your first fruits, out of religious habit. You're gonna to have to infuse that seed with purpose and faith. That's what drives it, that's what gives it life, that's what gives it growth and multiplication. So let's read our foundational scriptures and examine this principle closely. Second Corinthians Chapter 9, verses 6 through to 10. I know possibly you've heard these scriptures, you've read these scriptures many times. But I want to ask you this. Have you stopped to really take a closer look and examine what these scriptures are communicating to the believer? We don't just read the Word. We need to study the Word and we need to meditate One of the primary reasons that we do not have revelation knowledge is because we do not take time to meditate the Word. Meditation brings revelation. And did you know that the greatest battles that are fought today, it's not in the physical realm, but in the spirit realm. And they are fought over this one thing, over revelation knowledge. Because revelation knowledge is key to success, is key to prosperity, and is key to an overcoming Christian life. The Word of God says in the Old Covenant that my people, God says, perish for a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge will cause us to perish in our finances. God has a way of supplying, not just your needs. He says God is able to make all grace abound toward you, so that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Does that mean that God is just after meeting your needs? No. He wants to give you more than your needs why so that you can be a blessing to every good work that is the ultimate purpose of prosperity and financial independence If you just believe in God to meet your own needs that's just very selfish Hello But you got to start from somewhere God is able He said so. And I know you know in your head that God is able, but do you really believe it? Let's read. But this I say, 2 Corinthians 9, beginning with verse 6, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, here's the promise, to make all grace abound toward you. Can you say this out loud? God is able, God is able. to make all grace Abound towards me, that I, always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Say that every day until you get to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, it will never take place. The law of the Bible is, according to your faith, be it done unto you. God cannot give you any more than what you believe for. And one of the things that we need to do as Christians is to increase our capacity of reception. Many times our capacity to receive is limited. Limited by wrong thoughts. Amen? Limited by the wrong teaching that we may have received. Limited by our disastrous experiences. Once you go through financial disaster and go through a terrible experience financially, it forms a pattern in your way of thinking and you got to break that and 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 work on your heart on your capacity to receive all that God has for you. Amen. So God before he blesses us, he educates us. And through spiritual transformation and the renewing of our minds, He increases our capacity to receive the blessing that is already ours. We don't have to struggle for it. It belongs to you. You are a child of God. You're a member of His family. The Bible says that you are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the things that grieves me when I travel is when I meet pastors and leaders that are always griping and complaining about the lack of funds. Sounding like beggars. It grieves my spirit and I'm sure it grieves the spirit of God. Oh, we want to do this but we don't have the money. We want to go there but we don't have the money. Sometimes I invite pastors I said, "Hey, I'm coming twice a year and sometimes three times to Cyprus. It's your turn now. Why don't you come and visit us? Oh, we don't have the money. We can't afford it. Why? Am I more favorite than they are from God? No. It depends what you know. Now, as it is written, let's go on, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Underline those words. Here he's talking about multiplication of a seed that you sow. You sow one corn of wheat, how many corns do you receive? Hello? This is the law, a fundamental universal law. God multiplies the seed you have sown, why? Why? to increase the fruits of your righteousness that's the purpose of the seed hello the present conditions of our country's economy primarily demand from believers to press into God and His Word and discover another way to live and function in the financial arena. Everybody's concerned. Now that we've been downgraded, interest rates are going to go up. Well, if you don't have any mortgage or bond, you don't have to worry about that. Let them go up. If you don't have any car payments, what are you worried about? Hello? Those who do have a lot of debt are very concerned and worried. Amen? Come on. Are you living here or somewhere else? You know, I want to share a little bit of my own testimony. Not so that I can brag. I brag on the Word of God. Paul the Apostle said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I am what I am and I am where I am by the grace of God and only by the grace of God. But I want to give glory and honor to the word of God and to the principles of God which I have discovered from the Bible. And I thank God and I honor the men who have taught me these principles. Because they have made my life much easier. Much more financially comfortable. And I owe a debt to them, and primarily to the Word of God. So I would be foolish not to teach it to my congregation. Because it is the ministry of the church to educate the people of God, in the things of God, in the principles of God. So that you don't have to live by the principles of this world, but you need to transition onto the principles of the kingdom and live according to those principles. Because you are a citizen of another kingdom. Amen? And you need to look at things from the kingdom's perspective and not from the natural perspective. Are you with me? We need to renew our minds. The Bible teaches a threefold pattern of giving. It teaches about first fruits, tithes, and different kinds of offerings. Now, for many years, I was only taught about tithes and offerings. That's all I knew, and I knew that tithes were not an offering, and offerings were not tithes. You know, many believers today they give an offering and they call it tithe, or vice versa. There is a distinct differences between firstfruits, tithes, and offerings. Someone once said, and I believe that, firstfruits apostolically aligns you. Tithes positions you under an open heaven. But offerings provisions you. Remember that. Now, I'm not going to go into the teaching of first fruits. I'm going to give my own testimony how I've learned to operate these principles. Now, for over 41 years, close to 42, I can confidently say that by the grace of God, I have not missed an opportunity to give the Lord my tithe and offer my offering. I recall I was only about a few days old in the Lord. 1976. And I read in the Bible. No one has taught me. No one has preached me. I read in the Bible, Malachi 3. Bring all the tithes. and I didn't know what it was. So I went to my pastor, a young believer, on fire for God, just filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, Pastor, what does this mean? He said that the tithe is 10% of your income? I said, yeah. Where do I give it? God says, do not rob me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. I said, first of all, what is a tithe and what is the storehouse? How do you give to God? You know, I was so green and so naive. He said, your tithe is 10%. The storehouse is where you are fed. Is where you get meat, where you get spiritual food. Well, I said, this is where my spiritual food comes from. So he says, "Well, this is where you need to bring it." And I said, "What is an offering?" He said, "An offering is f- an above your tithe. It's a free will offering. It depends on, on, on your heart, or how much you decide to offer." At that time, I was earning, if I'm not mistaken, 250 Zimbabwe dollars a month. And I had a wife. And at that time, I had two children, and I had a lot of debts. Yeah, my car wasn't paid for. I bought a piece of land in Cape Town years ago, which I was paying month by month. And I had a lot of expenses. But when I received this truth from the Bible, I made a quality decision. Hear me, and hear me good. I heard someone say years ago, decisions decide wealth. I've never been able to forget it. Decisions, especially quality decisions. What is a quality decision? A quality decision is a decision you never go back from. Decisions decide wealth. I've written it at the back, in the front of my Bible, rather. And every month, I waited for my paycheck. And I would put my tithe, $25, in an envelope. And I would put five extra for an offering, sign it, put my name on it. And when it was time to receive our tithe, our offerings, I would put it in a basket. And I did that for a number of years. Without looking at the word in a deeper way or to study it for myself. I never questioned it. I don't know why so many believers do question this today. But after a few years, I never saw any. You know, I just continued working. But in a couple of years' time, the Lord began to move in a wonderful way. I I won't go into it, but I, I could see that there was something taking place in my financial situation. So I decided to look into it in depth and I began to study the word and study it in depth for myself. I listened to other men of God, what they taught. I took notes. I, had, I could tell you Tens. We had tapes those years. We didn't have CDs and DVDs they were just tapes. So I bought every tape I could find from a ministry that the Lord pointed out to me. I was looking at the catalog of this ministry, and the Spirit of God said to me, join this chariot. I knew what he was referring to. I needed teaching. But the anointing quickened in my spirit the words, join this chariot. So I went to the Christian bookstore and I bought tapes on prayer, I bought tapes on divine healing, and I bought tapes on financial prosperity. And I began to listen to them and study them over and over, make notes for months. Now, as I began to study, I discovered a principle that I'm sharing with you today. I've discovered the power, the value, and the purpose of a seed. And I began to practice it. But this time, I didn't just do it religiously. Every time I gave my tithe or my offering, I did it on purpose, and I did it with purpose, infused with faith. I made another decision because I read the word and I was taught from this ministry that God best for us is to be able to live debt free. The word says in Romans, oh no man anything except to love him. Now to do this in this day and age, naturally speaking, hello, naturally speaking, it is impossible. How do you go and buy a house cash? How do you go and buy hundreds and thousands of rents and pay cash for a motor vehicle? You can't do it naturally, can you? Can you do it? Of course you cannot do it. That's why sometimes when we read these verses, our mind just shuts down, our computer cannot handle it. How can I live debt free in this day and age when I cannot even pay my rent? Never mind my mortgage. But I made a decision again that every time I would sow my seed I would do it on purpose I would do it with purpose I would do it infused with faith as I studied the word on the subject. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you need healing don't study finances. If you need finances, don't study the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? You've got to study the word on the subject that you are struggling. So I made a decision that I would live debt free. So every time I had a need, I would ask the question, what kind of seed will this need require? Are you there? Most of us are need-minded. And we need to change from being need-minded to seed-minded. God intends to meet more than your need. How does he intend to do it? There is a way that he does it. How does he do it? Through the seed that he's given you. You know, most people think that they work to make a living. How many of you think this way? If I don't work, I don't make a living. I'm going to starve. But the Bible teaches that we don't work to make a living. We work to make a giving. Do you see how the kingdom-minded people think? The Word of God teaches us in Ephesians. He says, let him work with his hands so that he can have something to give to him who has not. Does it say work to make a living? Hello? You work so that you can obtain what? Seed. Once you have seed, then it's your responsibility. But many of us, because we don't know, we eat our seed as well as our bread. So when seed time comes, nothing to sow. Why? Because we've consumed it. No seed time, no harvest time. Then the time comes that we, we, we need a harvest. We need a miracle. Sometimes it will come, but not always. Why? Because you have nothing in the ground. You haven't sown anything. Hello? Hello? Now, he who supplies seed to the sower verse 10 and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness God gives you bread for consuming and God gives you seed for for sowing you need to know the difference what's for seed what's for consuming Don't eat your seed. That is a terrible thing to do. Are you listening to me? Amen. So I made a decision. I'm not going to borrow. I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to put his word on test here. And I've tested him many times on this. So there came a time that I needed a brand new car because the one I was driving was getting old. So I made a decision. Lord, if this thing works, I'm going to test it. I'm going to prove it. But I knew it was working because I've seen it through the years. I started from $250 a month. When I came into South Africa 15 years later, my green permanent residence paper said, financially independent. How was I able to do that? Naturally speaking, you cannot do it. But with God's grace, you can. I wasn't a pastor then, and I wasn't a preacher. I was just a disciple, a believer like you. But I made a quality decision that I would not turn back from it. Regardless of the circumstances I found myself in, regardless of the situation financially I was in, my decision would stand, come whatever may. You know, most people today, they would tithe for a period of time, they would give the offerings, the first fruits or whatever, but when they hit a bump on the road, the first thing that goes is their giving. Hello? are you putting the kingdom first or are you putting your own needs first when you do that? It's when the crisis comes and it's when the test comes that God looks at your heart and your faithfulness and consistency. What are you going to do? You're going to go back from the decision you made or you're going to stick with it regardless of the circumstances and trust God in the midst of a crisis and in the midst of drought that He will bring you a harvest in drought and dry times. He said He would. Isaiah 59 or 58. He said, I will make your drought a places of flourish. And I will strengthen your bones and make your dry places flooded with rivers. God said he would would do it if you believe him. And so, this is one of the many instances. I cannot, I can stand here all day and give you testimony after testimony after testimony. I started sowing my seed and I asked the Lord, Lord, what kind of seed... I would require to sow in order to receive this harvest so that I can go to the car dealer and buy my car. And the Lord spoke to me by the Spirit. Hey, one of the things that you need to learn is to listen not just to the Word, but to the Spirit. The Word without the Spirit will not do. And the Spirit without the Word will not do. Amen? You've got to have both. You've got to have the anointing of the Spirit leading you and guiding you into the Word of God. Because He's the one who opens up the Word and makes it life and light to you. So I prayed, Lord, I have a need, and I refuse to go to the bank. What type of a seed? You said that you multiply my seed, so I need to sow some seed, and God spoke to me. He spoke to me once, I sowed that seed, and after a few months the Lord spoke to me again and he said, sow an additional seed. The Bible talks about a 30-fold, 60-fold, and a 100-fold return. You may have a 30-fold faith, don't expect a 100-fold return. If you have a sixty-fold faith, don't expect a hundred-fold return. Ten rand, a hundred times, how much will that give you? How much? Ten rand, a hundred times, will give you a thousand. Okay. If you have a hundred-fold faith, but if you have a thirty-fold faith and you need a thousand rand, how much seed do you need to sow? Well, you work it out with your calculator. <laughs> you got to locate your faith and you got to determine the seed by the Holy Spirit that you sow. You have a need, you sow a seed. So I sowed my seed and I trusted God. You know, the first time I did this, I had to wait a very long time for that harvest to come in. You know, these things don't just work overnight. I'm telling you things that I've studied for years and practiced for years. The more you practice it, the more efficient you become. Amen? Practice makes perfect. After a while, I began to waver. You know, is this thing going to come through? I've waited, Lord, for two years. And I was sorely tempted. I looked at my finances and I said, Lord, I could do this with payments. I can easily go put down a deposit and I can meet these payments. No problem. I was almost ready to do it and the Lord intervened. He said, are you still going to trust me or are you going to do it your way? Prayer, the Word, the Spirit work very closely together. When the Lord spoke these words, I backed off and I renewed my faith. Within six months, the harvest came in. I walked into the car dealer and I paid him cash. You know, all the vehicles that we bought, to the glory of God, beginning with Zimbabwe, only once I purchased on higher purchase. And that was the time where I was severely uh, in a spiritual crisis. And my faith was at its lowest. And I can tell you testimony after testimony. This building that you see today. you sitting in it. you enjoying the benefits of it. Was a result of the principle of seed time and harvest time. One day I heard someone say. As I was listening to the teaching on the word on finances. He said, what do you do? When what you have in your hand is not enough to meet your demands. What do you do? Then he quoted a scripture. And he said, I do what the little boy did with five loaves and two fish. By faith, he put them into anointed hands. And when you put your seed into anointed hands and anointed ground... Guess what happens to it? Multiplication. Multiplication. The little boy gathered 12 baskets full of leftovers for five loaves and two fish. What did he do? What he had was not enough to feed the ground. Jesus looked at the the, the disciples, looked at the multitude and said, Lord, where where are we going to find the money? Where are we going to find the bread to feed all of these people? Jesus said, What do you have? We only got five loaves and two fish. He said, Bring them to me. They put them into the hands of Jesus, and he was able to feed thousands. The Lord is always asking you, What do you have? He's interested in your seed because he knows the power and the value of that seed. What do you have? He's not asking you to give what you don't. He's given you seed because the Bible says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Did God supply you seed? Do you recognize the seed is given you? Then the Lord is asking you, Put that seed into the ground that I have led you that I have guided you by my spirit. Put that seed into an anointed ministry and I will multiply it for you. And you've got to have enough sense. When the harvest comes in, you get the sickle and you reap the harvest. You're all looking at me like I've come from another planet. (laughs) It takes training in our way of thinking, folks. You need to get off the poverty mentality and the need-minded and become seed-minded. This building that you're sitting in, it took 10,000 rand seed and we reaped a harvest of 1,200,000. And God didn't use an army to raise that harvest. He used just a few people. But when we sowed that seed, I remember none of you were here. And I spoke to then then leadership. I said, this seed that we're sowing, the Spirit of God spoke to me, it is the seed that will bring in the harvest. I don't know whether they believed me or not. I don't think they did because none of them are here today. But I believed. And I stood on that word for three and a half years. And God brought in the harvest. We put that building up. We didn't go to the bank. We didn't borrow a cent from anyone. That's why we could employ the people that we are employing today, because we're debt free. I am where I am today financially because of this principle. And I wanted to share that with you today. I pray you will believe it. And not just believe it with your head, but believe it with your heart and start exercising and acting on that word. And trust the Lord not only to meet your needs but to have more than your needs so that you can become a greater blessing to those who need it. Amen? What do you say? That doesn't sound very convincing, folks. Look at the situation around you in South Africa. The situation and the conditions of this economy demands that we get into the word. Don't do it because I said so. Don't walk on my faith. Get your own faith. Get off your backside and study the word of God. Oh, but I don't have time, pastor. Well, live the way you live in poverty and in death then. It's your choice. God says, behold, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, you choose. Choose life that you and your seed after you may live. It's not just about you, it's about the future generation that you're going to bring forth. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. How are you going to do that? Naturally speaking, you cannot do it. It is impossible to do it. But with God, nothing is impossible. I came into South Africa, 92, yes, financially independent, but I had three children that were going to school. I had to raise three children. My salary was three and a half thousand rand. How are you going to make it? Then it went to five. Then it went to 10. But how are you going to send them to university? I have learned that my source is not my job or my business when I was in business. I have learned that my source is God. And God uses many avenues and many channels by which he desires to bless me. Don't look to your boss. Don't look to your... Look to God. Amen. I had to trust God. Three kids to marry. <laughs> I don't know any of you who are parents, but it cost. It cost. I can ask Nicholas, Father Neil, tell me, because I, I know it costs to marry a child today. How are you going to make it? If you're just depending on a salary. Hello? Some of you are planning to get married. You're postponing it because you've got no money. You do it with a seed. That's how you do it. That's how I've done it. And every time God honored the faith that I have put into that seed, God honored the decision I have made, to live debt-free. And I stand before you today debt-free. I've been debt-free for many years now. How did I do it? By my own ability? No. I did it through the Word. And I give glory to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God and to the principles of God's kingdom you can do the same as well. It's your choice. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.